The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson, and not a ton of prospect stuff to get to. Uh, we're going to be focusing today primarily on the results of the two early mock drafts. Our first glimpse at what um, early ADP might look like. I know you're not. You have a ton going on. You are not participating, but I'm in one. Bunch of people from around the industry. So we'll kind of uh, go through the early picks and just see where guys are falling through these first few mocks. But James, real quick, before we do that, the one prospect related note I wanted to bring up, and we'll talk about some prospects here at this ADP, but uh, Austin Meadows coming up today after the AAA championship game. What are your expectations over these final couple of weeks? I think they're going to give him plenty of at bats. I mean, he, he put up absurd numbers at AAA for them after that trade. Everyone knows that. Uh, I think he probably starts against righties over the the rest of the season, at least most days, might even get a start or two against uh, lefties. 
Uh, they have a crowded outfield. Every, I mean, that's obvious, but it, you know, you still have the DH spot to work with. I know G man Choi has been, uh, on a tear by G man Choi's standards, but, uh, you know, you, you'll be able to, they'll be able to find, I think four or five starts a week, at least for Meadows over the rest of the season. I mean, he might be their best outfielder period, uh, going forward. So I just, I don't see him. I don't see him taking on like a Victor Robles in Washington type of role where he gets a, a couple starts a week. I think it's going to be more significant than that. Um, Interesting. Cause I am kind of skeptical. I mean, I just, I don't see the reason to give, uh, to not give him that playing time. I, I think he's going to be like their number two or their number three hitter for the bulk of next season. So, mm-hmm. um, maybe I mean, that, I guess they're still technically in the mix, you know, trying to chase down that, second wild card probably not likely though so yeah. why not give the young kids some chances um so Myers playing pretty well though malik smith and, and tommy fam just on this crazy on base streak right now yeah but i mean you can give you can give malik smith a couple days off a week you can give kiermeyer a day off a week you can uh give g-man Choi plenty of days off a week eh, I, don't um, <laughs> I don't know about that so i actually have a but I mean that it sounds like you're gonna tell me to to bench Meadows, and that's currently the way I'm leaning. But uh, in my uh, the beat James Anderson uh, NFBC Draft Champions League, I am in a pretty tight battle uh, to finish second in that contest, which pays out. And so I'm definitely um, you know thinking long and hard about each lineup decision I have to make. I'm really really close in stolen bases and RBI, so not you know, necessarily having to lean just to a speed guy or just to a power guy. Uh, but I have to start two of Kevin Kiermeyer, Austin Meadows, and Nelson Cruz. Yeah, that is tough. Especially just given the way Kiermeyer's been playing lately. I get that the overall body work is not great. Man, that's I'd say you lock in Cruz just because it's Nelson Cruz, consistent power guy, but it's a close one between Meadows and Kiermeyer. I think I'd probably lean Kiermeyer just given how well he's swinging the bat and he can kind of do it all. He, yeah, he's been, speed, but. he's been uh, just absolutely on fire over the past like two or three weeks. Nelson Cruz has been kind of crappy over the last two or three weeks, but like I, I'm going that direction. I'm going to start Cruz in my util. I'm going to start Kiermeyer uh, just for this Friday, Saturday, Sunday slate on NFBC. But if Meadows. You know, if Meadows gets a uh, and and the Rays are facing a couple lefties this weekend, so that that makes the decision a little easier. But if Meadows, you know, gets you know goes like three for eight with a with a homer this weekend, uh, I might I might start him uh, the following week just because I think the upside that he's going to bring to the table in all five categories is just quite a bit more. I mean, hmm. I think Nelson Cruz's days as like a perennial top 60 pick uh have come and gone i think he's gonna be an interesting adp guy next year Mm because i'm not even sure his adp is gonna settle inside the top uh, 75 or so interesting yeah i think he's still out there in my in my uh too early mock the cliff hasn't really come yet but it's we've at least seen him maybe start to uh come upon that cliff and it may be next year where really everything tanks but you said the rays have a couple lefties this weekend I, th- or I think they're facing Pannone and Barucki, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, Kiermaier, pretty bad numbers against the lefties. 187, 253, 319. 
Uh, that'd be a situation where maybe I just, you know, depending on who's in the lineup Friday, I just roll with whoever that is. Just some guaranteed, you know, something. Sure. Well, so this is why I'm asking now. Uh, I'm going to a bachelor party in Mexico City this weekend. Uh, didn't really want to have to uh, <laughs> sit, sit, sit around Friday morning and um, plug in lineups. Uh, I could text you or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, who should I start? Yeah, well, well, just um, yeah, like, oh, this guy's in, this guy's out. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a tough decision. I'm sure I'll get it wrong. Uh, that's been a, a common theme for me in that league this year. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, man, I've been pressing some wrong buttons lately. Like, nothing huge, but you know, you leave some points on the table. You make some unforced errors. Can kind of haunt you a little bit, but uh, have fun. Safe travels, by the way, Mexico City. That should be pretty awesome. Um, but let's take a look at this too early mock draft data, this ADP data. Really, not a, that you'd um, not a ton that you would be surprised by early on. Uh, currently, Mike Trout, obviously number one. Bets two, Jose Ramirez three, Lindor four, Arenado five. Is that pretty much how you you'd have them, or would you maybe see? I'm thinking I may swap like Lindor for Ramirez, as much as I love Ramirez. Um, I don't know. I could see myself taking either one of those guys at, at three. You know, I, that's a, that's such a tough call. Um, I actually think you can't really go. I, wrong. Yeah. I actually think I'd probably go the way it is in the top four. There's a lot of guys I could make a case for at five. Uh, I think you can make a really strong case for J.D. Martinez at five. I think you can make a case for Trey Turner at five. Uh, I mean, he leads the majors with 40 steals. It's not a lot of steals, but, uh, you know, you know what you're getting from him. I think there could be a bounce back year for him in terms of batting average. Um, and you get some just, power. Yeah. Good, just good number of runs. I love the idea because if you look at the players, like we're going to get down there, but the, the guys that are going in the second round, the third round, the fourth round, just plenty of stud hitters, guys that can hit 300, guys that can hit 30 bombs. If you get that speed early in, in that five spot from Trey Turner, I mean, you, you can't forget about speed the rest of the way, but you can – you don't have to use speed as like your tiebreaker on on your next few picks when it comes to the hitters. So uh, I get taking Arenado at five. That's a good pick, but I think JD Martinez, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, uh, also pretty good picks at five. Yeah, a lot of stud players, and that's really the theme throughout the first like five rounds. Just how many good players there are, so many options. Uh, but yeah, pick five is where things really start to get in- interesting and. I couldn't argue Arenado. You know, he's been a first-rounder in terms of return value like each of the past four years, I think. Uh, but J.D. Martinez, I, I took him with my first pick in mind, six overall, the top earner so far this year. Yep. And and that really, I mean, there's still some injury injury concerns, uh, but healthy the past two years, and so that's a, that's a pretty good distance created for me. He just gives you such a amazing base like if, if he's healthy that power batting average uh, uh rbi run base that he gives you is just so valuable i mean i would say he's you know you and i both did pretty well in in tgfbi and and i think he's the number one reason why 
we were both up there is that we just we got him early and he's been healthy and it's just it gives you just such a really a really great base there um but you know he's he's older he's uh outfielder i mean i I get i get why you would go in a different direction but i mean i think he he makes sense as early as five one guy who i think has an argument there too and this may sound like a step too far you said on twitter you know, you'd happily take him at the turn, but I, I honestly think you can make a case for Ronald Acuna. Yeah, yeah. I would take, I mean, I'm looking at the ADP right now. I would take Acuna over over Paul Goldschmidt, over Manny Machado. Uh, I mean, would you? who would you take out of Acuna and Bryce Harper? It's a tough one. I think I want Acuna because of the speed. Yeah, I mean, Harper's not a zero in speed, and, yeah, and Acuna's not running as much as he did in the minors. But I, I can go there, and I can go there too. Uh, I mean, who would you take out of Acuna and Altuve? I think I want Acuna. I just think that you know, as good as Altuve is, the, those couple power spike seasons we saw, I don't really think are going to be coming back. I think the, I think too. You know, when you look at the macro, I think we have to take into account too that home runs were were back down again this year. I think with a guy like Altuve, they're probably going to stay down. Acuna, we have on our earned auction values calculator, is a $19 player. They played today, but that's only through 100 games. I mean, the numbers are just absolutely insane. I think he I, could be the number one overall guy come the end of 2019. I, I think 40 homers and 30 steals is in play for him yeah. as early as next year. I think that that's definitely the high end, but that wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if he hit 290 while doing that. Uh, it's a great lineup uh, hitting in front of Freddie Freeman. I mean, that's just perfect spot for him to be in. Great ballpark. Uh, yeah, I get it. I guess, I guess I'm hoping that we don't get to a point where I need a top six or seven pick to get him in uh 2019 but uh man i guess we might be headed there yeah i think like in some high stakes leagues you know especially with an overall component we could see somebody really well myself and and others get real aggressive uh but yeah so after that top five we got jd harper scherzer which you know i i get it but i i don't know i just don't like that pick in the first round next year i like go i i like i like going hitters early i i just it's I get it. I get the the math says it's fine, it, especially if the guy's healthy all year and you get normal Scherzer production. Um, I just don't see anywhere to go but down from here. Like if he misses like a handful of starts, that dr- that dramatically affects the, and the value. I, I think everyone, you know, when you're doing a, a snake draft, you have to know your strengths as a drafter. Are you good at finding pitching in the middle rounds? Like I, I think one of my biggest strengths is just finding good starting pitching between the like fifth and 10th round. Same. Uh, so I'm not taking starting pitching in the first round or the second round. Uh, if you're just not good at finding pitching though, in those middle rounds, I, I get it. Yeah. I think that's a really wise thing to point out. Know your strengths and, and draft to them because, you know, if somebody's telling you to draft strictly from a sheet, um, it's just not, and that's smart because you want to do what you want to play into your your own strengths and know your weaknesses too i i'm in trouble in 
you know, I, I haven't been, or I was not good in 2018 at finding stolen bases. So that's why I mentioned Trey Turner as a guy that I would consider at five, because that's, that was a big weakness for me. I mean, I, I, I had a really good year, but I, you know, there were some second place finishes that could have been first place finishes if I had, uh, been more competitive in stolen bases. I mean, TGFBI, I'm probably bottom 30th percentile in stolen bases in the overall, and that's going to cost me a top five finish. But if you get a guy like Trey Turner, then I know that I'm kind of taken care of there. Yeah, good point. I got bailed out by Malik Smith and, and TGFBI this year, but most of my leagues, yeah, I'm bottom half of the standings and steals. I'm with you there. Uh, but a real quick note, fantasy baseball fans, spring training uh, is long over. I'm like Ron Burgundy here with this read, but you still have a week or so to play on FanDuel. FanDuel offers the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball, no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind, something for everyone, tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time you can also play football of course on there and we had our staff football um free roll last week weekend you took it down james do you even remember putting that lineup in i do uh man i'm i'm pretty good at fantasy football gotta say uh (laughs) just uh just kind of a savant i just i sit there i i take a few minutes i i throw a lineup in i hit submit i mean it's it's really as easy as that (laughs) easy breezy that was impressive though i was like struggling Sunday morning to get a lineup in myself, but saw you took it down, so nice work. But you listeners can play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for millions in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at fandle.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription to help give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on Fandle. Just visit fandle.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. You know, we're talking about speed, and I want to jump down a little ways talk about maybe the hottest you know topic of conversation in these drafts people on twitter at least and alberto mondesi he's gonna be a really i mean the, the helium's already going in my league it wasn't crazy he went i think it was like 66 and that's actually right about his adp right now uh, he's 67 in mind but yeah 66.8 so people are getting aggressive he went as high as 39 though in one so it's pretty wide range early. I think by the time we get the draft season, just given the state of stolen bases around the game, we could see it push closer to the front end of that, that range. Yeah, and I remember about a month ago, I was like, tweeting about Mondesi and just you know fortunate to have him in the leagues I had him in. Uh, still bitter at the Royals for costing me, you know, four months of him or whatever because they they needed Elcides Escobar to uh, be manning the six. But hey. I I was hopeful that Montesi's ADP would kind of fall somewhere in that like seventy to one hundred range before any of this this stuff started. And now I'm just I'm kind of angry uh, on tilt a little bit because. I just can't make a case for him inside the top. You know, I might not even be able to make a case for him inside the top 50, but uh, he went as high as 39th overall. I'm looking at guys in that range. I mean, you're talking about like Blake Snell at 35, Anthony Rizzo, 36, Garrett Cole, 37, Trevor Bauer, 38, 
Cody Bellinger, Whit Merrifield. He went ahead of Whit Merrifield in that draft. And I just, I don't see how he is as valuable as Whit Merrifield was this year. If like, I love Adalberto Mondesi. He's really fun to watch play defense in in the field. Uh, He's really electric on the bases. He's not a good hitter right now. Uh, I would I would estimate that his OD, OBP comes in around like 280, 285 next year. Uh average maybe around 240 uh 255 as kind of like a high end of that. And there's a low end where he could he could hit 230. You know, if he is he goes into a funk, um there's just there's no guarantee that he's not a significant negative in the batting average department and you know what if he ends up hitting ninth all season for them or Mm -hmm. i mean there's just so many outcomes where with that don't involve an injury where he ends up just being a guy that kind of contributes uh like a 150 200th type of player even if he steals uh 25 bases or something like that so i just i don't i don't really get it inside uh, the top 45, top 50. Uh, I mean, like a guy like Ozzy Albies has a ADP of 42. I mean, I'm taking him over Mondesi all day long. Uh, same goes for guys like uh, Joey Votto, Lorenzo Cain, Matt Carpenter, Eugenio Suarez, Anthony Rendon. Those are, those are all guys that are going kind of around 50th overall. You just know what you're getting from them. And I, I think at that that point in the draft you have to be building a really strong base particularly in batting average but also in runs and rbi like that's mm-hmm. that kind of gets lost on people i think a lot of people just look at batting average home runs steals but yeah. <clears throat> like if you have a guy that's only getting you uh like 60 runs and 55 rbi that that sets you back, especially if you take him over somebody that's getting you a hundred runs and a hundred RBI. I mean, that those guys are available in the forties next year. So, yeah. I just, I can't take him that high. Yeah, you need a lot of compilers, just steady compilers. Uh, one analogy that I th- I remember hearing draft season this year was: you don't need a home run with every pick. You just need a bunch of doubles. Maybe you hit a couple home runs in the late rounds, but you need guys to just be compiling. And yeah, if you're falling under the 70 run 70 rbi thresholds both you know you're you're negating quite a bit of that value with the steals and just investing that high of a pick in a guy with that raw of plate skills like risk like here's an example uh do you think there's a significant gap in how good of a just current talent hitter byron buxton and adalberto mondesi are no i really don't I don't I think we've, we've obviously seen Buxton fail more. We've seen him fail more, but I mean, he was better as a just pure hitter last September than Mondesi's been this September. It's just yeah. that Mondesi's been such a monster on the bases, while Buxton's speed was sort of more theoretical. I I totally get that. I mean, Mondesi, if they both put up a two ninety OBP next year, I think Mondesi's going to have more stolen bases just because his attempt rate is is higher. But I still think. You know, if they both get on base at the same clip, you're talking about Mondesi maybe getting 45 steals and Buxton maybe getting 30, 35, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can get Buxton probably 100 picks later at least. And 
you know, we haven't seen where guys like Jose Peraza, uh, Malik Smith, I mean, like Roman Quinn might be dirt cheap next year, Victor Robles, guys like that that are going to contribute on the bases. Like, you don't have to address stolen bases in the first four rounds of the draft. It's nice if you can. It's nice if you get uh, a handful of – like, if you get Christian Yelich and you get Starling Marte and you get Alex Bregman and you just – you have a really nice base, that's awesome. But you there are guys later that you can get. It's not like – it's not like it's just zero stolen bases to be had after the 50th pick of the draft. Yeah, I mean, just ask the people who were taking Billy around pick 50, you know, this year. A lot of the same concerns as far as I'm concerned – and you mentioned Peraza, you know, I was, I've changed my tune. I was low on him coming in, but I, I think I'd rather have Peraza over Mondesi. Uh, it's close for me, but um, we've seen Mondesi go only in, what, three of these eight, nine leagues. Uh, pick 105, 77, and 57. So pretty wide range there, but if he's consistently going in that 75 to 100 range, especially as a value, I like him a lot more than Mondesi. And I actually took Corey Seager over Mondesi in the sixth and mine, he comes with concerns too, and I typically want to get some speed from my middle infield spots. But I did get Bogarts, and I just think, you know, the, the difference in batting average could be like 120 points between those two. We know Seager's got pop, and the supporting counting numbers should be really good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Peraza's got a career batting average of 284. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no chance Mondesi hits 284 next year. No. Uh, Corey Seager. I'm really excited to see where his ADP does settle uh, once we get to March because, you know, if he if he seems healthy when, when he gets to camp, uh, that's a guy that, you know, before the health concern, I, di- I didn't end up with him in any redraft leagues this year just because uh, most of my drafts were kind of after those health concerns cropped up and I just felt like there were safer, similar players on the board where he was going. But uh, before those health concerns cropped up, I would have taken Corey Seager beginning of the third round this year. So if I can get him beginning of the sixth round next year, I mean, to me, that's that's an awesome opportunity to uh, get a big-time uh, value play. Yeah, and I don't really have any concerns about – I mean, we haven't seen him, so there's some uncertainty, but I don't really have many concerns about that issue, you know, delaying him or getting him off off track for his career. I think he should be fine. Another guy jumping back up the board here a little bit, Chris Bryant – a very interesting player for for 2019. He's gone between pick 12 and 33. I passed on him in mine. It was more so just because I went J.D. Yelich with my first two, and I wanted to treat it like a real kind of NFBC-style draft. So I took Snell. Love Snell, and the aces were kind of drying up. But you know, it was kind of hard to pass on Bryant there. How high do you see yourself taking him next year? Well, so he's going... He's going after John Carl Stanton, Jacob DeGrom, Trevor Story, Clayton Kershaw, Andrew Benintendi, Charlie Blackman, ahead of Carlos Correa, ahead of Aaron Nola, ahead of Juan Soto. Man, I I think I think early twenties is something I'd be fine with. Um so the power dip is I know he's had the back thing, but still pretty surprising. Yeah, I mean, he's – I think it just kind of comes back to just how deep it is in this range and how – like that. that's kind of what I was saying with why I would I would want to take Trey Turner at five. I mean, you can get Chris Bryant and a guy like uh, 
Starling Marte back, you know, at the at the two three turn. Like there's guys that are going to prop up your your batting average and give you uh, a ton of counting stats. I mean, you you could maybe even get like Benintendi and and Juan Soto or something like that. Uh, there's just so many good hitters and just good players going in that uh, 25 to, to 45 or 50 range. Yeah, man. Absolutely crazy. You better not be taking a closer in the next 50 picks. Let me just tell you that. If you're doing that next year, you're just out of your mind. Um, but Vlad Jr., this is a really interesting player for next year because he's not even going to start the season in the majors. We know that. He's going to be down the Ronald Acuna, Chris Bryant tree, but he went 23rd in mine. I was blown away. Uh, he's gone as late as 75, so pretty wide range there. Where do you see that range narrowing to come draft season? Uh, I think it's going to be like the uh, Chris Bryant year. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, Bryant was kind of going around sort of in that 45 to 55 range because we – I think there were just more people that bought in on how good Chris Bryant was than that bought in on how good Ronald Acuna was, uh, incorrectly, obviously. But um, I believe Bryant's ADP was higher uh, before his debut than than Acuna's. And I think there's just going to be a lot of people that – because, I mean, it's it's really crazy. We we talked about this like uh, a few shows ago. There were no shortage of people that wanted nothing to do with Acuna at his ADP uh, this past spring. Some vocal people. And I think a lot of those people just aren't going to want to feel stupid (laughs) again this time around. So uh, I think you're going to have people taking Vlad Jr. around pick 50, around pick 45, sort of just because they don't want to be the guy that passed on him. They don't want to pass on like the next great uh, young player and you know that's going to be tough I think for for even for like you and me who really really like Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, there's just a ton of great players that are going to be going in that range and it's uh, it's not nothing that you know he's not going to be up for the first couple of weeks like it, it's you know any player can get injured and you're already basically saying it's it's like taking a guy that's going to start the year on the uh, on the disabled list. Like I mean, you you know you're not getting that production for the first few weeks, and you're passing on guys like uh, you know Cody Bellinger, Reese Hoskins, Ozzy Albies. If you if you want to take them in that range, who you know are going to start the season uh, in the opening day lineup and. I don't know. It's tough. I mean, like Joey Votto. So Joey Votto is going three spots ahead of Vlad Jr. on average. Joey Votto is going 47th. Vlad's going 50th. Who who would you take out of those two for next year? Oh, man. You know how to really cut me at, at my heart here. Um, I think I have to go Vlad. It's insane. <laughs> I, I kind of knew you were going to say yeah, that. I just, I mean, Jose Peraza, we just talked about, now has more home runs than Joey Votto. Votto missed a little time, but not really. It's just really surprising to see that power fall off a cliff, and that has me pretty worried. Actually. You take Vlad over Eugenio? Yeah, he's hit a funk. He's a gr- really good player, but... Well, um, let's let's just keep working up this list. Yeah. Um, would you take Vlad over Bogarts? That's a tough one. Um, 
You know, I took where did I take Bogarts in this thing? I took him four forty three, so forty third overall. I think I'd rather have Bogarts just because okay. he gives you everything, drives in a ton of runs. But that's maybe about the line. Like I'd rather have Matt Carpenter too. So a lot of these guys, I think I'd have. You mentioned you're still really high on Albies. I like him a lot too. What he's done for the overall body of work has been insane for his age, but he has like two homers since the break. It's kind of troubling. Sure. I, I just am very, very bullish on him approving, improving yeah. in batting average and stolen bases next year. Uh, so like I, I think he's going to hit around 285, 290 with 25 plus steals next year. Um, it could make a really nice value because people are going to extrapolate the second half probably more than they should. Right. And yeah, he might even be a guy like where, so like Vlad, so he's going uh, 50th overall. I think by the time the end of March rolls around, his ADP is going to be around 40. Uh, Albie is going 42 overall. I think his ADP is actually going to take a tumble. Um, the more people kind of, cause there's going to be guys that just, their, their stock goes up that are behind him and they're going to, they're going to leap him. Yeah. I think, I think his ADP by the end of March might creep outside the top 50. And at that point, I'm just going to be all over it because, uh, you know, even like on the low end of what I'd expect, if he's healthy, I'm getting 20 steals from him next year, and he's yeah. going to be hitting uh, in a pretty decent spot in a really good lineup. Um, but I mean, him versus Vlad to me is probably going to come down to where I'm at uh, with my different categories when I get to that pick in the fourth round. Uh, like if I took Trey Turner or I took, uh, you know, Jose Altuve or if I went like Acuna Yelich or something like that, I'd probably lean Vlad just because I don't really care that much about Albie's speed. But yeah. if, if I went JD Martinez and then I went, uh, Chris sale or Chris sale and, you know, got John Carl Stanton or something like that, then I'd probably take Albie's cause I need the steals and I kind of have that base in terms of run production. Yeah. I, I think that's just really Smart to point out with Albies because I, I know that's going to happen. People on Twitter saying, well, this is what he did in the second half. And it's like, yeah, you have to take that into account. But he went 2020 as a 21-year-old. Look at his age. Look at what he's done yeah. at every level of the minors. Look at the fact that he's, you know, players like that get to the big leagues in a hurry because they make adjustments incredibly quickly. Uh and they, I mean, he, he's just going to get better. Like I know that, um, you know, guys don't I- improve on just a linear line all the time, but I mean, this is a guy that's still uh, an incredibly smart hitter. He's going to make improvements in the off season. Uh, he just keeps it light. You know, keeps it loose. I love I, this kid's attitude towards the game. I'm very confident in him, uh, improving, maybe not on the power numbers this year, but on, on pretty much everything else next year. Juan Soto, 31.1, not a big surprise there. Incredible command of the strike zone, coupled with power. Pretty unprecedented what he's doing. I don't really see that that moving a whole lot. What about you? He's up or down either way? No, I I mean, I, I, can, see the right. pow- I can see the power going up. Yeah, I, I just mean like ADP. I feel like oh, 30 is oh, about right. 30. Uh, well, let me ask you this. So... so 
uh, Carlos Correa and Chris Bryant are both going ahead of him. Would you take him over either of those guys? This point, probably both. Correa, especially. I know it's another situation where it's the back, and you know he's got that long track record. I'm, Something's going on with him. Though. I'm annoyed that Correa is going this high because it's like I just can't take him there. I, yeah. I just assumed I was going to be ending up with him in, in a lot of league, places yeah. uh, because I thought he would be going kind of in the you know 40 to 50 range, something like that. Um, you're just not. You're really not getting, not getting a discount. the type of discount that I, I think you should be getting with him there. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you. Uh, would you take Soto over Charlie Blackman, who's going ahead of all those guys? Yeah, I mean, where did the steals go with that guy? Yeah, he's not a uh, – well, what's he got? Does he got like 12 or something this year? Not many. I know I don't actually have any shares, but I know it was way down from past seasons. Uh, and at this point, yeah, it seems he's like – He's got 12. Um ADP's riding the the rep quite a bit. Another year in the sort of twelve to seventeen stolen base range for him, but I mean he he's just such a monster when it comes to runs. Uh, Like you know he's getting up over one hundred and ten runs if he stays healthy. I think him versus Soto is a really a really good one. Uh, I would take Soto. I'd give Soto the batting average edge. And and it's that's what makes him so appealing when we're talking about him versus these established first and second round studs is like I give him the edge over in batting average over all three of those guys. Yeah, because there's nothing fluky about the plate skills he's displaying. A couple other guys before we sign off, you know, young guys who are already going really high. Walker Bueller. I absolutely love Walker Bueller, but 62.2. It's really high. I'm hoping and praying he's still there in the seventh for me to take him. Now, what do you make of this current early ADP for Bueller? It's another one where I just, it's sort of annoying that he's going that high. Uh, Truly. (laughs) Would have, what's, why is Chris Archer going 70, like, or like It's time to adjust expectations for that guy. (laughs) Um, That doesn't make any sense. Um, Flaherty not too far behind 76. I, I think there's probably a lot of noise in these sort of, numbers outside of the top 50 i don't know if i don't know where all the leagues are in terms of how far they are with their drafts but yeah mine's creeping along six around uh yeah i i mean who would you take out of walker bueller and how would you rank walker bueller jameson tyone and mike fulton for next year because the the other two guys are going outside the top 100 and bueller's going inside the top 70 it really surprised me about faulty because i think we talked just recently and we're like maybe it was yeah i think we did it was like maybe that pocket has pocket of profit has dried up but if he's going outside the top 100 faulty i may be in but um you know i think just given the park and the fact that most of the parks outside of colorado and the west are Pretty favorable. I may lean Bueller, especially because I don't have any workload concerns. But I think he he and Fulty are real close. Then who was the third one you mentioned? Uh, Jamison Tyone. I think Tyone's not a distant third, but I think he's third among that group for me. All right. Another guy that I do want to hit on really quick is uh, Gary Sanchez, who's going 62nd overall. 
I uh, would imagine he's the first catcher off the board, unless Real Muto. Um, yeah, it looks like Gary Sanchez is the first catcher. So where do you think that that's uh, the type of discount you were expecting, or did you think um, – did no, you think – I mean, I thought he would be going a lot later, quite honestly. I mean, that's – that's what is that like? Um, it's like know. a 20-point disc or 20-round, 20 20-pick 20 overall discount. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I think that what it is is so that, you know, the people that are participating in this are all uh, kind of seasoned fantasy baseball players. And it's just he's such an obvious bounce back guy that people just aren't giving him the discount. I think that's what's going on with Carlos Correa, too. It's like we all just expected there'd be a discount with those guys. So there isn't really a discount because it's just the group think on, Oh, clear bounce back guy, Gary Sanchez, clear bounce back guy, Carlos Correa, clear bounce back guy, Chris Bryant. There's no discount with them. Yeah, I know, man. It's like, you know, I love Gary Sanchez's power, but and in two, in two catcher, maybe I go, maybe I go around pick like 90 or something, but yeah, in the sixties is way too high because yeah, he should bounce back, but 187, 285, 405, over 337 plate appearances makes me readjust things. And quite honestly, with how bad his, um, I guess his defense is bad, but he has some pass ball issues and some issues with um, oh, his, call, game calling. His stuff. defense is bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm looking on Fangraphs. It says it's 4.6 defensive war, but it yeah, to the eye test, it's really bad, but... Anyway, I think that could, you know, keep him his leash pretty short if he goes through another prolonged slump. And yeah, I just I look at the guys that are going there. I mean, I know that catcher is a uh, scarce position, but I mean, you're passing on guys like Mitch Haniger, uh Justin Upton, Corey Seager, guys where you just you know exactly what you're getting like that's a spot where i mean he's going to gary sanchez is going ahead of adalberto mondesi and d gordon i'm just taking the speed guys there and uh you know i know that there are issues with with the profiles but at least i can bank you know 30 steals i think with those guys would you take any of the closers ahead of gary sanchez i think it's take trinan did you take trinan over edwin <laughs> diaz you know, I think so, just because there's no way Diaz can replicate this number of saves. And on a per-inning basis, Trennan's actually been better. So mm-hmm. I think I'd give it to him by a hair. But All it's right. pretty close. I, I just – I'm not taking a closer. I took one no. chair of Kenley this year, and I regret it deeply. <laughs> um, one guy I think is going way too high. Another guy skating on his rep right now, Carlos Martinez. He's taking that guy in the top 100 after all the injuries and the bullpen roll. Yeah. I don't get that. Guy's going too low, though, just jumping off the page here. They haven't gone in my league, and they'll definitely be considered when I come up again. Tim Anderson, Aaron Hicks, David Peralta. Tim Anderson, I I get that he has play skill concerns as well, but that power-speed combo that he brings is really tough to find. Yeah, I uh, am 100% with you on him. Um no, no real discount on Luis Castillo again after that that good second <laughs> half. He's gone like not. right where he went last year. We just it just players and my I'm guilty of it too. We put so much stress on the recent, you know, the the recency bias. It's it's prevalent even though we're 
really aware of it. So this one, uh, let's just end it with this one. Uh, So Vlad was going 50th overall. Eli Jimenez, 119th overall. (laughs) Now I'm sure that's only, I'm sure only half the leagues or less than half the leagues have gotten there. So this might be just small sample size. Uh, but I mean, if I can get Eloy outside the top 100, like sign me up all day yeah. long. Like, um, what's that purple emoji? Like the eggplant emoji <laughs> all day. Um, well, great stuff, James. Again, safe travels this weekend. Have fun. We will talk to you guys next week on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast sponsored by FanDuel. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.